Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her and she waited on them. When it was evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered by the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, everyone is looking for you. He told them, let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Before I continue this morning, you will find in your programs the prayer to Our Lady of Lourdes in St. Jude. So if you would so kindly pray with me. O Immaculate Virgin Mary, Mother of Mercy, you are the refuge of sinners, the health of the sick, and the comfort of the afflicted. You know my wants, my troubles, my suffering. By your appearance at the Grotto of Lourdes, you made it a privileged sanctuary where your favors are given to people streaming to it from the whole world. Over the years, countless sufferers have obtained a cure for their infirmities, whether of soul, mind, and body. Therefore, I come to you with St. Jude as my patron to implore your motherly intercession 
obtain a loving mother the grant of my request. Through gratitude for your favors, I will endeavor to imitate your virtues, that I may one day share in your glory. Amen. Saint Jude, glorious apostle, faithful servant and friend of Jesus, the name of the traitor has caused you to be forgotten by many. But the church honors and invokes you universally as the patron of difficult and desperate cases. Pray for me, who am in need of God's mercy. Make use, I implore you, of that particular privilege accorded to you to bring visible and speedy help where help was almost despaired of. Come to my assistance in this great need, that I may receive the consolation of help of heaven in all my necessities, tribulations, and sufferings, particularly and that I may praise God with you and all the elect through all eternity. I promise you, O blessed Jude, to be ever mindful of this great favor. I will honor you as my special and powerful patron and encourage devotion to you. Saint Jude, pray for us and for all who honor and invoke thy aid. Amen. I am Father Jordan, and I currently serve in the province as the director of the Mission Foundation, which is just across the street. I presently serve at the, or I live actually, at the University of Washington. For many of my years of my own ministry as priest, I served at the University of Washington in Seattle, so they put me in a school that doesn't get along with the other, but that's how it goes. Drink from the spring and wash it, said the beautiful lady. And at her command, a poor 14-year-old peasant girl by the name of Bernadette looked around for a spring. There wasn't one. So she scratched at the loose gravel from the murky water that appeared she first drank, and then she washed her face. But in the following days, that puddle became running water and then a stream. This happened in the ninth of 18 appearances to St. Bernadette. And since 1858, more than 150 million pilgrims still travel to the one small town in southern France when a gust of wind heralded the presence of our Blessed Mother. Pilgrims come for healing and reconciliation to bathe in those waters. St. Bernadette lived in dire poverty with her parents in the cramped and unhealthy conditions of an old jailhouse near the castle of Lourdes. She herself never seemed to enjoy good health, and she would eventually die of tuberculosis at the age of 35. But one can see in Our Lady's choice of St. Bernadette her motherly concern for the poor and the suffering. Our Blessed Mother didn't choose to appear to great thinkers or theologians, powerful politicians, or rich and influential business people. Her chosen ones were the little people of the world who knew the struggles of living with nothing except their trust in God and his providence. 
people like young and innocent Bernadette who couldn't read or write, the down-to-earth parishioners at Knock, or to little shepherd children of Fatima, Lucia and Francisco and Jacinta, or to a poor, illiterate, indigenous man in the hills of Mexico. God has allowed our Blessed Mother to appear to those on earth not to reveal anything new to us, but to remind us of what Christ, her Son, has already revealed. And that appearance of our Blessed Mother 166 years ago unleashed a huge torrent of charity, declaring to our world and to each of us that there is a purpose in our pain and suffering, that we can carry out its burden even with a touch of joy. And this is so made clear in the person of Mary. And so she asked that a shrine be built so that it could be a house of prayer, prayer for the sick and prayer for conversion. And that place would become a place of healing, healing of bodies and hearts where people come to pray to the one who would reveal her name to Bernadette. I am the Immaculate Conception. My own experience in Lourdes, for me, was a powerful one. And the first thing I did that day after I settled in the hotel was to head to the grotto and then to the healing baths. And I, like so many others who had gone before me, had sought healing, and I asked and I prayed that a miracle could happen for me, having lived with cancer for over eight years. And when I was lowered into the waters by the volunteers who prayed over me, I then lifted up my own prayers and asked the Blessed Mother to intercede for me that I too might be healed. The time I spent there, it was incredible to see the people who traveled to Lourdes, some for reasons such as my own, others for different reasons, knowing like I did and still do that Mary is there for us when we need her help. It was astounding to see so many people taking care of those who were sick and who were not as strong as they used to be. And you see and one witnesses the so many people who reflect in front of the grotto. You see the sick being anointed and people going to confession. You see people being helpful to one another with joy and praying for their families and their friends and great crowds, but very little impatience or frayed tempers or angry words. Some people gather in spite of their weaknesses, in spite of the fact that they cannot make everything turn out as they would like one to be. Those sick at Lourdes, as the sick in general, are a very clear sign to all of us, especially in what we heard in light of today's gospel, that when it seems that everything has gone wrong, God will send his peace and his healing. His son comes to heal. And Our Lady of Lourdes can teach us, if we allow it, three important lessons. She teaches us about presence and healing and sacrifice. And each of these 
are present in the gospel we heard this morning. The first thing to note about Our Lady's appearance is that she appeared. She was present to that poor shepherd girl who considered herself so unworthy of a visitor that she dared not call her Mary, but always the beautiful lady. In that first appearance, nothing was said. Just Our Lady's appearance, that loving smile, that approving look. Likewise, in many of the other apparitions, either little or nothing was said, presence was enough, and Our Lady of Lourdes, when she was there, was the pattern of her own son's public ministry. That solicitude she shows by her presence reflects that of her son who gravitated towards all who were suffering, to the blind, and to the lame, and to the sick. You may have noticed that in today's gospel, Jesus does not speak when he enters Simon's house to see his mother-in-law. He is present to and with her. And Christ's simple presence that day gave a powerful expression of God's care for each of us. And the appearances of our Blessed Mother always remind us of that. Second, healing. In Simon's house, Jesus approaches her, grasps her hands, and helps her up. And in that moment, he heals her, and her fever left. And in Lourdes, at those miraculous waters, our mother reminds us of her son's healing power. St. Luke writes in his own gospel, everyone in the crowd sought to touch him because power came forth from him and healed all of them. And it is that healing that continues to break into our own world. Now, not every instance of healing is cataloged or announced to the world at Lourdes, but everyone who goes, I believe, can point to some recovery or healing that requires more than just simple medicine to explain. Our Lord Jesus continues to work miracles of healing, and he does so for the same reason then and now. Not to entertain us, not to merely astound us, but to show each of us that the kingdom of God has come into our world. Third sacrifice. The Gospel today says, and Mark writes, that Jesus did cure many, but then he goes on to say that Jesus would depart to nearby villages because he had to preach there also. So not everyone that day saw Jesus, even though Simon tells them that everyone is looking for him. Now, not everyone who prays for healing receives it. Not every visitor to Lourdes departs cured. And I believe that this brings us, in many ways, to our Lord's greatest gift and more profound miracle. And it is that ability to suffer with him that is to sacrifice. Suffering is not an option in our world, but it is how we respond that makes all the difference. Suffering is the experience of physical illness, injury, and disease and all of us encounter it in some way. But sacrifice, you see, is the offering of this suffering, of our suffering in union with Jesus, 
the awareness that Christ first and most of all, our suffering must be seen in light of his. Jesus is present in our own difficulties, in our own suffering such that he shares our suffering and we can share his. He is not merely an observer. He draws close to us and he remains with us in the midst of our own struggles. But it becomes a sacrifice, conscience of this union with him when we offer it to him. To me, the title of Mary, Mother of Lourdes, exemplifies her role in the life of all of us. And she will always point us to her son. And everything that you and I know, everything that we teach about Mary has to do with Jesus. And you'll remember how at the wedding feast at Cana, she pointed to Jesus and she said to the waiters, do whatever he tells you. This is what Mary does for us. She points us to Jesus and she says, do whatever he tells you, listen to him and trust him. I invite you this week to join me in the Lord's Novena to express our own devotion to Our Lady and ask for her own gifts of compassion and hope. Bring your needs this week, asking her to intercede for you and for us with her son, because she is one who knows the longings of our hearts. And I know that there is no shortage of our own request. We will pray for the sick and those who know who have, we know who have died. And we will pray for our own needs. We will pray for those who are beyond our own personal knowledge. Pray for those who suffer at this time, those suffering for breath, whether they find themselves in a hospital or at home, for those waiting for some kind of treatment for their condition, which may be worsening even as they wait. Now I know that this list of requests and prayers will be long, but that's okay. And they probably could be much longer, but that's the point of this novena, to bring everything and to lay them at the feet of our Blessed Mother. So come this week and gather around Our Lady of Lourdes to be refreshed in our love and prayer, knowing that each of us have a place in her heart. She holds us constantly before the eyes of her son, leads us to her son, and leads us now here today, because we're not here by chance, leads us now here today to the Eucharist. She brings us to stand with her at the foot of the cross, made present here today in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. She invites us with her to be gentle, be compassionate and firm witnesses of the hope that Christ's victory over death brings in the midst of any pain we may be undergoing. She beckons us, my brothers and sisters, to share in her joys, fulfilled in her own heavenly crowning, a joy to which all of us will be drawn at the Lord's command. For nine days, we will celebrate the great gift that is our Blessed Mother, our Lady of Lourdes, who has the remarkable story of her appearance in France reminds us. It's not just about a great woman from the past, but it is about a woman here now who stands with us, 
to be a living presence in our lives today. Join me. Join all of us who come. Join in all our prayers to our Blessed Mother, who walks with us and who prays with and for us.